Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect. Oh, behave. This behavior must stop at once. Why don't you watch your manners? Not enough discipline. You're just hurting yourself with this rambunctious behavior. Your mother and I don't like what just happened. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University. I'm Jim Burns. Well, parenting young children can be a challenge, especially when it comes to teaching them to mind their manners. Well, perhaps you've noticed that children choose the most public places to really let it all hang out when it comes to showing how disrespectful they can be. Well, Donna Jones is a pastor's wife who specializes in teaching proper etiquette to children. She says that we should never be embarrassed by the way our children behave. We should only be embarrassed if we don't do anything to correct bad behavior. Well, during the next half hour, I'll talk with Donna about what she calls taming your family zoo. So keep it right here on Homework. Well, welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Today, a very special guest, Donna Jones, and we're going to talk about raising a well-mannered child. Super nanny is not required. Donna, welcome to our program. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, you are a, a speaker and an author, and you have a great book called Taming Your Family Zoo, Six Weeks to Raising a Well-Mannered Child. Uh, I said to you before the program, where were you when we were raising our kids? <laughs> this, this is great stuff. It's not easy to raise well-mannered children. No, it's, it's not, especially in today's culture. It's more difficult than ever. You know, what's fascinating to me is, as I was reading through this, I, I appreciated you being real, too, because you had a story about, about Taylor that actually is a story that I think most of us have probably had. This is going to make Taylor not look good, but at the end, he looks really good. <laughs> right. what, what's the story? Yes, told with his permission, by the way. Well, when Taylor was about six years of age, um, his, he was six. My middle daughter was three, and an infant, six weeks old at the time, went to the park, it was a wonderful, wonderful day. One of those perfect mom days where the children actually play nicely, no biting, tattling, nothing of that nature. The moms actually got to have a few uninterrupted moments to talk. And that is a great mom day. That, that doesn't always happen. is about all it takes when right. you have preschoolers. Right. As the, the, the afternoon wore on, it was time to go. And so I gave my children the infamous five-minute warning that we've all given, you know, five minutes and it will be time to go and two-minute warning and then Finally, I walked over and I said, okay, kids, it's time to go. Well, my children ignored me and I was a little embarrassed, but I just thought, well, they're excited. So I, I repeated again, kids, it's time to go. Well, my three-year-old grabbed my hand and Taylor was another story. Now, this was normally a very well-mannered, compliant child, but for whatever reason this day, he was not. So he first began the, the crying and then the whining and then the stamping of his foot in complete defiance. Well, at this point... Every mom at the park literally had stopped her conversation and all eyes were on us. They're going to see how you do it. Oh, I wanted to bury myself in sure. the sandbox, but, you know, I couldn't. So I got down in his face and tried to uh, regain some sort of control. And I just whispered, Taylor Michael Jones, we are going home now. 
And then he did something I could not believe. That child spit in my face. <laughs> With all moms looking on, he spit in my face. And, and even worse that all moms are looking on. You know, it's, it's it, because moms get embarrassed about that. Though. Oh, my goodness. You think I'm the, only, this is the, I'm the only person this has ever happened to. You know, you're mortified. And all kinds of thoughts go through your mind. I must be a terrible mother. What am I doing wrong? How could my child behave this way? You know, well, we take it so personally as parents, you know, and I think even moms do more than us, us dads, but we take it so personally. So if our kid does something that really is kind of normal and probably most moms have had a story like that, and yet it's now about our self-image and it's about what have we done wrong. One of the things I appreciate about so much in your message is that what you're saying is children are a work in progress, parents, good parents, parent. Right. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, that was the one saving grace in that moment. I got back in the car and as I mentioned, all these thoughts ran through my head. And the one thing that really kept coming over and over to me is um, the fact that children are a work in progress. Right. And they are not perfect. They are children. They are going to misbehave at times. They are going to surprise us at times. There's probably not a parent in the world who has not looked at her child or his child at one time or another and thought, whose child are you anyway? I know you've been raised right. differently than this. And if we can remember that good parents parent, that we should never be embarrassed if our child misbehaves, we should only be embarrassed if we fail to deal with the misbehavior. Well, you know, it's funny that you said that because I turned to your book and it says we should never be embarrassed that our children misbehave. We should be embarrassed if we fail to deal with our children's misbehavior. Now, I'm, I'm thinking about a, a typical mom, typical dad, busy, busy, busy. Life is going around in circles. Our energy is drained. We come home from work or we, you know, the kids have drained us. They were the age of, of your kids that you described earlier. You know, they do something wrong and we're just too tired to parent. Exactly. Them. So so what do you do in a case like that? Well, <laughs> we all face that. And uh, as I you mentioned before, you know, good parents parent. That is our role, whether we're tired or not. Uh, we, we still have to gear up because life and children throw things at us at very inconvenient times most of the time. And uh, the, the two words that I think helped me as a young mom and help help every mom really is when our child misbehaves or when there's some behavior that we feel is inappropriate or we'd like to correct, instead of uh, taking it personally or getting angry, just say to yourself two words, teachable moment. Teachable moment. Teachable Good. Moment. Two good words. You're right. right. You're right. Uh, in terms of thinking about teachable moments, one of the things I appreciate about in your parenting styles, in your book, Taming Your Family Zoo, is you're talking about being proactive in parenting. And basically through the whole book, you're talking about being proactive. One of the things that I thought was fascinating was in the midst of this busyness, you're talking about creating an environment of, of love. Mm. And really, and that, that includes atmosphere. It includes attitude. Talk for a minute about this kind of first step of creating this, in, in many ways, an environment, an atmosphere of love. Yes. You know, um, in writing this book, I was just thinking about, okay, what what is it that really takes to tame a family zoo? You know, all the manners lessons, all the etiquette classes in the world, they are going to mean nothing if this atmosphere of love is not present. The first step, the absolutely, positively essential ingredient in taming your family zoo is to have a home where there's an atmosphere yeah. of love. I mean, there's going to be a certain amount of chaos sure. when you have children. But as the Bible so aptly puts it, love covers a multitude of sins. And there is something that's calming. There's something that is secure and safe when every person in the family knows I am loved. Mm -hmm. 
just as I am. Yeah. And yet at the same time, you say that love has limits. Right. And, and sometimes I think there are some parents who get the misunderstanding that if we love our kids, then it's going to be this blissful place with, you know, where we walk six inches off the ground and everybody speaks perfectly to everybody at all times. Right. But, but at the same time, your job as a parent, our job, my job as a dad, your job as a mom is, is, to, is to offer limits as well. How do you bring love in with limits? Well, great question. Um, you know, when you try to set limits, those limits, of course, are going to be tested. And oftentimes we'll hear kids say, I'll hear my kids say, everybody, every parent, but why? You know, so-and-so gets to do such and such. Why can't I? And I believe the best answer is not because I said so, but it's because I love you. Mm. So because I love you and because you are my most precious gift that God has entrusted to me, therefore I'm setting these limits. And there's some ways that we can do that, that um, communicate love when our limits are clear when our limits are consistent, when our limits are reasonable. I believe that the most insecure children in the world are children who don't have limits. Yeah. Now, you also talk about respect in here. And and I, I find that more and more parents are saying to me, gosh, I'm having trouble with my kids just respecting you know, authority, respecting me, respecting my husband, my, my wife, whichever, right? respecting the church. And yet I thought you had some good, good things to say about respect. Help us understand how we develop respect. Again, we're kind of talking about raising a well-mannered child, and, and respect is a part of that. Right. In fact, love and respect go hand in yeah. hand. You can't divorce the two. You know, love says, I love you no matter what. I take you as you are. Respect says, but I need to be listened to, held in high regard, Esteemed. I mean, that's the definition of respect. And I think in our culture, you're exactly right, Jim. This issue of respect is really one that's gone by the wayside. And we've reaped as a culture the consequences of the fact that respect has gone by the wayside. And I think for many parents, they don't understand that children need to respect them, that, that just because of their position as their parent, their God-given role, that um, children should respect them. Scripture says, children, obey your parents. When we come back from this break, I want to ask you about some real practical ways on how we can teach our kids to be respectful. But we're going to take a break right now. We're talking with Donna Jones. We're talking about raising a well-mannered child. And that's not an oxymoron, by the way. We talk about raising a well-mannered child here on the Homeward Broadcast. Uh, Teaching your kids manners is our theme. Parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns is talking with popular speaker and author Donna Jones, who's written a book called Taming Your Family Zoo. And when you go to homeward.com, you're going to find resources that will help you do just that. Tamed Your Family Zoo. Help your kids learn manners. It doesn't, let's face it, it's a fallen world. We are sinful people. We do not come born with a set of manners. We have to learn how to be courteous to people, how to be respectful and honoring to people. And uh, Donna's got some good conversation with Jim on the other side of this break that you want to hear that talks about that. Also go to homeward.com and go to the articles media section and hit just manners or discipline, correcting behavior without crushing character. Those are all tip sheets that you'll find when you go to homeward.com. I'm Jim Burns with today's Homeward Snapshot. I mean, I know I blew it, but then I had to hear about it from Mom. Oh, that's always fun. Besides, you never know when Nice Mom or Me Mom is going to show up. Seriously. I mean, it's bad enough that I got in trouble, but I'd rather be, like, grounded for another week just so I didn't have to sit through another one of her lectures. If you're a parent, you may not feel as though what you say to your children has much impact on them. Well, believe me, it does. When a child messes up, she's already going to be feeling a little down, so make sure she knows that it's what she did that upset you and that you're not rejecting her in the process. 
After all, we're trying to correct behavior without crushing character here. So choose wisely the words you use when interacting with your kids. The kind of relationship they have with you will determine the way they interact with everyone else they meet in this life. For a free copy of my tip sheet called 10 Ways to Correct Behavior Without Crushing Character, go to Homeward.com. I'm Jim Burns. Welcome back to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. We're talking about raising a well-mannered child. And we say super nanny is not required. It'd be nice, but it doesn't happen to most of our families. We're talking with Donna Jones. Donna Jones is the co-founder of Confidence and Courtesies. It's an etiquette course for kids. And uh, she speaks at programs like MOPS. Her husband, JP, is a pastor in Orange County. Uh, I live also and, and know of their work and it is a great work. Uh, Donna, we were talking about respect. And I was thinking there was a time when one of my daughters I started to say one of my daughters is a spitfire. I'll, I've got three strong-willed kids, and they're wonderful <laughs> kids. But she pretty much went overboard, and I, I went up to her, and I said, you know what, we need to talk. And I said, hey, look, at, you, are, you are disrespecting my wife. Now, I understand she's your mom. That's my wife you're talking to like that, and I don't appreciate that. Well, she started to cry, and then I kind of started to cry. And, and it was really interesting because Kathy just stood kind of by the side going, what is this? Later, as we kind of talked about that, my daughter said, you know, that was really helpful for mm -hmm. me, Dad. I'm just laughing here. I mean, I'm having a conversation with a teenage daughter, but she's going now that that was helpful because I've, I, I kind of understood that it's not just mom. I mean, that's, that's your wife. And, and if you're going to respect her, then I need to, too. It was really a neat thing. We, I don't think we proactively talked as much about respect. And, and in your book, Taming Your Family Zoo, you've got some good ideas on, on teaching kids about respect. G give us a couple. Well, one of the things uh, that I talk about is just using the words Mr. and Mrs., mm -hmm. which, especially here in California, as you know, we're, we're much more laid back here. So casual. Very casual. And so this is a hard thing for a lot of parents. It was hard for me as a young mom. You know, yeah. you think of Mrs. Right. and you think, oh, that's my mother-in-law. Exactly. People People have said, Mr. Burns, I think, are you talking about like, yeah, You look around. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But what happens and what I have learned and seen over the years is when you allow children to be on a first-name basis with adults, especially adults they don't know very well, is it puts an adult on a peer level with a child. And children need to learn that there is this uh, hierarchy and there are children and there are adults and adults should be respected. And so by using Mr. or Mrs., even if it's something friendly like uh, you know, Mr. Jim or right. Miss Donna, yeah. that is, still maintains a sense of familiarity, but at the same time also communicates a sense of respect. No, I exactly. I appreciate that. Hey, you developed a, a rather humorous recipe you call How to Raise a Brat. Talk about that right. and tell us a little bit about what we can do to raise a brat. Well, you know what's funny? If you were to pull parents and say, hey, do you want to raise a brat? There is not a single parent in the United States who would say, yes, sign me up for that job. Right. And yet, if you poke your head into any classroom, look on any playground, walk through any mall, you will see children who are, in fact, brats. So the question is, who's parenting these children? And often what I found is it's well-meaning parents who are raising brats, and they are unknowingly contributing to raising disrespectful children right. by the way that they're that they're parenting their kids. Yeah, and really, it's is it partly because we want to be liked, or because we were raised on perhaps shame-based parenting? So we're going, okay, we're not going to do any of that then. So we go the completely other kind of be the the, the good buddy. Right. Path. I think for some for some people that is that's very true. In your book, you've identified eleven different parenting personalities which I laughed just looking at the personalities because I went, wait, that's me. No, that's me. Oh, no, that's me. I, I think I chose. <laughs> or all them, At one too. time or another, I was probably all 11. 
why don't you give us a couple of those and then explain a little bit what these different parenting personalities do? The one, the one I turn to right away is the kids will be kids parent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the type of parent whose child is running wild in, in a restaurant or, you know, answering the phone and then dropping the phone or, you know, not taking a message. And they, instead of correcting their child, they just kind of smile and maybe roll their eyes or shrug their shoulders as if to say, well, you know, kids will be kids. Right. And yes, kids will be kids. But remember, good parents parent. Right. And we've got to talk about training. And we'll, we'll do that as this conversation continues, because it really is a training process. Right. Um, give us another. Well, my favorite one is she's lost her marbles, parent, <laughs> because I think I can relate to this one. This was really based on a personal experience when I was a child. And I, I was raised by really almost super mom, just yeah. a wonderful, wonderful mom. But there was one incident where, boy, I don't know what we'd done, but my brothers and sisters and I had just given her a very hard time. And I remember her walking briskly down our hall. She had a pink terry cloth robe on. It was flying behind her like Superman's cape. She was pointing her fingers and she was saying, you kids are driving me crazy. Well, we thought this was hysterical. I mean, we, you know, we just laughed. And what happens to parents when we lose our marbles is instead of the child looking at the behavior that caused us to lose our marbles, they look at us and they think, why would I listen to her? Why would I respect her? She's totally lost it. And so we are in this cycle of self-defeating behavior. Now, it's important to know there's not a parent on earth that hasn't lost it from time to time. The problem becomes when that is your primary mode of operation when you when you do that on a repetitive basis. Right. You're you're exact and, and so many times people are are living at so fast a pace and they're living on such a lack of of emotional, spiritual, physical, you know, uh, uh, sense of rest or peace that really they they do lose it so often right and really does affect their kids you've got a great quote in your book where it says clearly lack of manners caused by ineffective parenting has become a serious issue in today's fast-paced society and i think that part of it we haven't even got to the the six-week thing yet right but but the fact is is that kids i think will have manners when they're when their parents have a little bit of control in their own life and self-care and take care of themselves and that's not an easy thing to do in today's society Boy, that's the truth. That's the truth. If we could just slow down and uh, and focus on what's important, yeah. it will make the world a difference. Now, something else that you talked about in your book, and you said it doesn't work, and yet all of us try it, and then we try it again, and then we say, no, it's not going to work, and then we try it, is nagging. So I want you to yes. talk about nagging again. Yes. Uh, not too long ago, I was actually in a restaurant and overheard a conversation where Uh, It was mother and daughter, and it should have been, you could tell that this had been set up to be a nice mother-daughter lunch, but instead, it went south because the mother just began repeating herself, nagging, really, is what she was doing. Sit up, Jessica. Eat your vegetables, Jessica. Don't play with your silverware, Jessica. You know, and on and on and on and on and on. And you could just see the tension growing between mother and daughter. And we know it doesn't work, and yet... So often we find ourselves sounding like Jessica's mother, and that's the last thing we want to be. We do not want to be Jessica's mother. We do not want to be Jessica's mother. Uh, That is great. Got to do another program where we can talk about politeness and thank yous and eating etiquette and how to do the telephone and parties and all those great things that you have. But in the in the short time remaining, what would you say to the to the mom or the dad right now who's saying, you know what, I mean, this is all well and meaningful, but you know, my kids are out of control and, right. and life's kind of out of control. What's one thing that you would say they can do today that can make a little bit of a difference and kind of start going in the right direction? Well, I think one of the best pieces of advice I got as a young mom, and I have continued to use it throughout my parenting, is 
stay one step ahead of your child. And uh, if you can anticipate what's coming next in their life, then you can help them navigate that. For instance, let's say that, well, it's June. Let's say that you're going to be going to a wedding or to a graduation. You know that your, your children are going to be faced uh, with meeting some new people. So you stay one step ahead of them. And what you do is you prepare them for that. There's four R's I talk about in the book in terms of teaching your children manners to, uh, to rehearse, to remind, to reinforce, and to reflect. So you would rehearse what a child should do when they meet people. You would remind them before you get into the situation. You would reinforce it if they do it right. You say, great job. And then you reflect on it afterwards. Hey, I was so proud of you. How did it feel when you met those people, knowing you had uh, the, the confidence and the capability to, to meet people in the right way? Good parenting advice. Donna Jones, this time has gone by so fast. Can we have you back next time so we can keep talking about it? I would this? love to be back. Great. Well, we will look forward to having you, our listening audience, back as well for part two of this conversation here on Homeward with parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns from the studios at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University, relevant Christian degrees since 1899, and lots of online learning opportunities for you as well at apu.edu or go to homeward.com for that. But Jim, this is an interesting conversation because it seems like more and more kids need this information because more and more of us parents need this information. Boy, wouldn't it be helpful for you and me with the kids in their 20s now to have known about what Donna was talking about all those years ago. I keep asking the question that I did at the beginning, where was Donna when Kathy and I were raising our kids? <laughs> and I think Kathy would still be saying, maybe can we have a personal tutor for right. you, Jim? Re refresher course. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is this is a very important subject, and I think a lot of parents have gotten away from it. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate so much Donna, and, and I appreciate her really taking the time to, to deal with this etiquette issue. It's, it's an important one. In these closing moments, Jim, I know you want to spend a few moments more walking us through those four R's that you and Donna just touched on briefly. Uh, the four R's when it comes to teaching our children good manners. Right. And I like the four R's a lot. It's, it's helpful to remember, I think important for the end of this particular program, that rehearse, remind, reinforce, and reflect. And, and frankly, that's great for helping kids with etiquette. It's just good parenting advice yes. as well. Well, first, we have to show our kids what good behavior looks like. And to do that, we have to rehearse, or I would even say practice that behavior. And as we practice it, practice makes perfect. So if you're going to teach them phone behavior, then have them answer the phone in the proper way. And if it didn't work right, well, the next phone call, have them do the same thing over again. And, and practice makes perfect. So again, we're going to rehearse. The younger, the easier in terms of that rehearsing, but we also got to do it with older kids as well. Next is remind your son or daughter why that etiquette is important. That means right after the phone call, you remind them why it was important, and you just keep reminding them that they're doing a good job. And in some ways, it goes into the next one, which is reinforce the behavior by letting your son or daughter go through it again and again. Again, practice makes perfect. I'm told that it takes three weeks to form a habit. That could be a habit for a lifetime. So you just get them practicing and it'll become second nature. It doesn't start out second nature. And then lastly and finally is reflect with your child on why the proper way is the best way. Basically, it's our job as parents to help them have good manners. And it's not natural, but it's so important to use these four R's. They're so very, very practical, and we're grateful that Donna has been here to lend her expertise, and we'll look forward to having her on the next edition of the program. Now, speaking of lending expertise, uh, we have been privileged recently to enjoy a brand-new partnership with our friends at Steadfast Companies. It's a leading real estate investment company talking about stewardship, because, Jim, I know this is an issue that so many kids um, have questions about. But somebody who says parents are scratching our head saying, wow, how do we talk to our kids about saving and spending and giving and tithing? Talk about these new resources that we've been able to create for parents here at Homework. 
Well, you're right, Roger. I'm very excited about them. I know a lot of families have really been impacted by the challenges in this particular economy. And you know what? I believe that these changes can lead to a lot of what I would call teachable moments for our kids, for our grandkids, and even for our own lives regarding stewardship and just how important it is. Stewardship is more than just an issue of how you spend your money. It involves how you invest your time, how you care for the most important relationships in your life as well. And that starts with our relationship with God. But it's so key to so many things about our life. And Homeward has created a brand new set of tip sheets. I'm very excited about it. The tip sheets are about money and stewardship, and they're based on a series of well-known Bible stories that should be fairly easy for your kids to understand. But they also include some very practical tips for your whole family. You can start looking at these issues like giving and saving and even investing from more of an eternal perspective. Great new tip sheets. And we are so grateful for our partnership with the folks at Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company. Their partnership made the production of these tip sheets possible. For more information on how you can take advantage of these, go to Homeward.com keyword Steadfast. That's Homeward.com keyword S-T-E-A-D-F-A-S-T. These tip sheets are absolutely free, by the way. Now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to join us again next time right here for another edition of Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.